Good morning, everybody. Um, today is our full day of practice for us, and you've put in a lot of groundwork. So today is an opportunity for deepening and seeing, looking more deeply, and I'll give a few instructions of how you might do that. So in insight meditation we begin with settling, stabilizing the mind. We worked on the first day with freeing up the attention, steadying the attention, which is ongoing. Don't worry, you don't have to be perfectly steady. This is a cultivation, it takes time. But something probably feels more steady in you. More presence, probably more bodily presence. Maybe a little bit more attention with staying with the breath with the body and that presence can deepen and deepen and deepen and become a real anchor for us then the contents of the mind that are more swirling and agitating can be seen can be worked with can be recognized and responded to in ways that lead to more freedom so as we get more settled it doesn't mean stuff doesn't show up As we get more settled, stuff can show up, but we start to have a little bit more of a handle. And that takes time. All the brilliance of the Buddha's teaching can't really be unpacked all in a couple of days. And there's a whole path as well beyond the meditative arts that is part of cultivating a heart-mind that is an easier place to let go into. But we can cultivate while we're here, and today is a good day for that. So your attention, this capacity to give, your, give yourself to an object, <coughs> to attend to your breath, to your body, to your heart, to your mind, to each other, this attention is precious. Precious. It is the light that shines on things and illuminates them, lets them become clearer to us, lets reality start to get clearer to us and our place in it, and therefore the meaning and richness of what it can be to be human. The preciousness of that spark that Brad spoke about last night, that when we gather our attention in one place, that spark becomes brighter, more illuminating. And this is what starts to make the difference between a more... um, when our attention is involuntary, we have no mastery with it. It just goes where it goes. And sometimes it might be fun and it's stimulating, and sometimes it might be hellish. And there's no wisdom there. Right? So there is a cultivation of uh, a technique as part of it. And I just want to go through a few stages that you might see along the way um, that might help give a little bit more mapping to this working with attention. 
So just before I do, um, actually, I'll do that and then I'll show you this other piece. So today within, we're going to investigate a little bit more into our experience, but first to recognize uh, what, where we might see ourselves in this. So stage, I'm calling stage zero, is where we have no uh, anchor in the mind, no bodily presence, no presence with breath, no, nothing to stabilize the mind. And we don't know that we don't have one. Right? And we just kind of tossed around in the sea of whatever the contents of mind, whatever the suggestions from the outside, the suggestions from the inside, we tossed around in that. Recognize that one? That's sort of not knowing why life's like it's like. Stage one, we still have no anchor, but we start to see we have no anchor. And we see the suffering of our mind just going anywhere, of our mind just being pulled to the nearest, strongest thing. And here we could say involuntary attention rules. Involuntary attention rules. And involuntary attention is governed by the pleasure principle, which isn't bad. It's just not that great for waking up <laughs> as, a, as a guide. Number two is I have a plan. I come on retreat, I hear about teachings or whatever it might be. I have a plan, I have a meditation task. And the task we've given you here is to unhook, come back, stay, get curious. Oops, and then I'm gone again. Oh, and about ten minutes later, or one minute later, or three days later, I go, oh, my moment of the spark lights up again. Oh, I see. I'm spinning a story. I'm spinning a a kind of state of bodily contraction and emotional something or other and a mental story which usually has me at the center of it. Oh, I'm spinning. Okay, I have a task. So stage two is I have a plan, I have a task, and I B, I have an agreement with myself to fulfill that task. I have an agreement with myself that I will unhook and return and stay, and get curious. And then it will happen again. And I'll I'll unhook, I'll return, I'll stay, I'll get curious. And it will happen again. And that's my task, and we can get frustrated and think it's not happening fast enough. But that's my task. Number three, I maintain reasonably from time to time some steadiness with bodily presence. Have you noticed that? I'm sure all of you have noticed that in the Qigong at times. There's a there-ness to you, a here-ness that's got a little bit more substance. You're not just darting around with every whim of the mind. You can feel something a little bit more firm here. With the meditation, it will be your bodily presence and sometimes also the breath. Ah, staying steady. I can stay with it. We're still pulled, occasionally pulled around, but we come back. It gets a little bit less like being tossed around 
in a, in a river of eddies and bits of driftwood and rocks and canoeists and you know, it's, it's a little bit less like being tossed around in a river. Number four, there's some consistency, <coughs> some constancy with the presence, with the object of my attention. I can stay with it. At the periphery, there still might be distraction and things going on and you know, leaves falling and driftwood knocking around. But I'm not pulled around by it in the same way. There can be a kind of flowing quality to this. Number five, I'm staying steady with the object, and it may just be for a little while. Body, breath, presence, space, ground. I'm here. The object is close, I have an anchor. And my attention is also able to open to the field at the same time without being pulled around. That I can maintain a quality of attention of the field and of the specific thing. The things arising, thoughts arise, feelings arise, and they pass, <coughs> they fade away without my attention disappearing with them. Does that make sense? So you'll see, there's the brightness of your attention. A thought arises, we're not entangled, the thought fades, it passes, but my attention doesn't disappear with it. The presence remains, the constancy remains. Breath arises, Breath fades, disappears, dwindles into the silence, but I don't disappear with it. That light of attention, that bright knowing aspect, is awake, can see, and doesn't have to go anywhere as an emotion arises. I can even an entanglement arises. Well, there's a spin. Whoosh. There's a thought about why didn't he do that and she should have said that and it was not right. And there's and I see that and I see the piece in the heart where I'm getting hard or fretful and it's tight in my heart or I'm hard in my heart. I see the body state that goes with it of a contraction <coughs> or disappearing out of my body. See that. And that bright light of awareness doesn't go anywhere. It recognizes what is wise in this moment. Oh, huh, okay, I could fall right into this with this. What happens if I stay? Seeing what's arising with my feet in the stream, in the river of timeless presence, and all the driftwood and the eddies and the things that I can get caught in arise. And if I take my hands off, but stay steady, they pass, they fade, like water going down a plug hole sometimes. Sometimes thoughts fade in a flash. Emotions usually take a little longer, a tiny bit longer, like water going down a plug hole. Bodily states, 
the energetics can open and soften and widen. And the identity that's bound up in that, and she didn't and they shouldn't and why wasn't. I can see it's not me. It's not mine. It's not myself. That's just a way I've taken myself to be. It's just the innocent confusion of being human where we take the strongest impression to be who I am. And we get more faith in the process. The faith deepens in this capacity of attention to not only disentangle from the tangles but to therefore cultivate qualities of faith, a faith that is our faith, not a belief, but a faith of, oh my goodness, if I cultivate this, something actually can start up. I am actually released from some identity. Oh yeah, it doesn't mean it's all done. It means, wow, I see these places that feel very old in me or young in me that tighten or disappear or or want to be out of here or want what I want and screw the rest of you. Right? Whatever that is, I see those. But they become less the place I want to invest in because the wisdom tells me, because I've been through this loop so many times, the wisdom tells me this doesn't lead somewhere. And the wisdom tells me what does lead somewhere is this cultivation of these faculties, this faith verified through my direct experience. This mindfulness leads somewhere where if I keep applying, it might not be fast enough for my liking, but if I keep applying attention, actually I start to see a little bit more clearly. Something in the heart rejoices in seeing clearly, even seeing into suffering. Because in our practice there is the suffering that leads to more suffering, and there is the suffering that leads to the end of suffering. Suffering that leads to more suffering, this is a famous little teaching from a Thai master, Ajahn Chah. The suffering that leads to more suffering is, yep, the spin happens, whoop, there's the entanglement, I've disembodied or I've got tight or I've, whatever's happened. I'm in the story and I apply more aversion to that. Nah, I don't want this. And we stick to it. And then somebody said yesterday, more layering happens. Like, oh no, I hate this. Damn. And our attention globs on and the uh, image is given of the the story of the tar baby or tar teddy bear or something. And imagine there's a teddy bear covered, or a baby or someone new covered in tar and you go oh, and you try and get it off so your hand sticks to it and then your other hand goes oh, I and then the other hand sticks to it right? that's the story of the suffering that leads to more suffering we're reacting to the suffering there is pain and there is disease disease that leads to the end of suffering where yes, our patterning doesn't disappear in a flash, but it gets more transparent to this light 
this spark, this attention that gets stronger and brighter and more wise. So it's not just bright like, you know, having to kind of beam a 600 watt bulb on something. It gets wise. Oh, a little softer here. A little stronger and firmer here. A little bit more embracing here. A little bit more listening here. A little bit more precision and cutting through here. This attention is wise and malleable. And it's not me, and it's not mine, and it's not myself. It's a possibility for each of us as we take a path seriously um, and lightly at the same time. Stage five. Yeah, said stage five. And stage six in this is just about meditation. It's not about the whole path. Stage six is what might be called with uh, an object of meditative tasks, samatha, samadhi, a oneness of body, breath, mind. Nothing's being pulled around particularly. There's a stabilizing, a firmness, a presence that has its own beauty and gift that is not the whole goal of the path but is wholesome and beautiful in its own right. So today, let's practice. You don't have to, um, you know, probably you'll see yourself in different places along there at different times. Along that. It's not like we, you know, get there and that's it, we're done with stage zero. No, (laughs) all of the stage zero is like, oh my goodness, I could have been in stage zero again for another three weeks. It's like, oh had no anchor for attention and I didn't even know it. Right? Oh, and then that then that knowing, that brightness. Oh, okay. Don't have to put more suffering on that. Oh God, I've blown it again. I'm a useless meditator. God, they told me and I should have and, and we beat ourselves up. That's more suffering. No, the moment that you wake up, even here today, even if you've been locked and spun in a story since last night doesn't matter doesn't matter it's that moment when you go oh something can be cultivated there right even if the next moment it all locks down again and it's like we're, we lost in the stream we're in that river and we're in the eddy at the side where the leaves are going whoosh, or frozen sometimes it can be a frozen spot on the stream minute again oh this is frozen this is spinning feet in the water cultivate the fa- these faculties of mindfulness of application of wisdom of energy I just keep going with it okay I see what's happening I'm tight here in the body can I widen my attention wow I'm like a like a crazy bull in my mind right now. Can I widen and come to my feet? Can I apply what I know? Can I make that contract, that marriage with myself of, I'll stay with you, my love. It's okay, you've been lost for 20 years, three weeks, half an hour. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay, because in the moment that you wake up, you're back in the water 
feet in the water and the world becomes available to us once again. So I'll guide us into the practice in just a couple of couple of lenses that the Buddha says to try on that will help you. Um, <coughs> well, see if they help you. A couple of lenses we can try on, um, we can put on our perception to look into experience that have helped. Tissues anywhere. Tissues anywhere. Anybody got any tissues? But for this lady three seats down. Yes, lady by the window, lady three seats down. Watching the mind right now, working out if you're trying to place yourself and assess yourself on this. <laughs> oh God, I've been at stage zero forever. I'll always be at stage zero. No. It's at least stage two to, to get in. <coughs> oh, I've been at stage six before. Why aren't I now? <laughs> I like stage six. Give <laughs> me stage six. I'm a stage six kind of girl. <laughs> um, feel the identity, the grasping. Give yourself a break. As one teacher says, awakening is to be <coughs> without anxiety about imperfection. perfectly imperfect together so take your seat upright gentle belly soft if you can if you can't just know that it's hard love yourself nonetheless there'll be good reason why it's been hard and we'll keep it simple unhook from the assessments maps are only useful just to point a little bit And keep it simple today. Let your buttock muscles soften. Plug into the ground, the element of ground. <coughs> Draining out old information. You are allowed to begin fresh. Leaning back a little into the space behind you to support your heart. Ah, yes. I don't have to do this on my own. There is support. And keep the task simple. Mindfulness of body means Being able to tune your attention to sensation, the tingling, the throbbing, the pulsing, the weight, 
gentle coolness of the hands or the heat. It's not so personal. In the one lens, the Buddha says, as you really contemplate this through your direct experience and the breath, look at it this way, he said. This is not me. This is not mine. This is not who I am. This is nature. This is sensation arising and pulsing and fading and disappearing. It belongs to the nature and is returned to the nature. We don't have to take it so personally. Try on this lens, he says. As you stay with the breath, And you recognize this breath is just like the breath. It's not even just like the breath. It's the same air that all of us are breathing that is rustling through the leaves of the trees that gives a space for the rooks to squawk. It's not me or mine. It's nature belongs to the nature of things. See this through your direct immediate contemplation. It's not me in any ultimate sense. And it's not mine, I can't possess it. I cannot possess. I cannot have what belongs to the totality. But I can love it, respect it, be intimate. And what a blessed relief, it's not mine. What a blessed relief. This way the muscles can soften. I can lose the grip that I have been taught I need to have to fix and achieve even spiritual things. Returning ourself breath by breath. fades at the end of the out-breath. The light of your attention does not go anywhere. You're steady as the new breath comes in. Vitalizes the body, brightens the mind. That's what an in-breath seems to do. reaches its fullness, its peak, its moment in the sun and the body starts to release and the light of your attention 
is bright, is awake, sees all things clearly without becoming them, being defined by them. Let's practice in this way.